Attention Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop listeners. Fans, you know I've been talking about this clothing line forever, but Anti Forever USA is where you need to be to get dope clothes, man. I'm telling you, I just got a hoodie in the mail today. It is awesome. It is one of their premium uh, hoodies, and they have they have so much more, though, than hoodies. They have beanies. They have hats. They have long sleeves. They have t-shirts. They have everything, and they got more stuff coming soon. I was just told that they have more stuff coming soon, so fans... Go to Anti Forever USA today and remember to use the special co- promo code PLATTY to get 10% off your purchase. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. And make sure you know that the P is capital. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Shop Anti Forever USA today. AntiForeverUSA.com Alright, hello fans and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty. Joining me once again is my guy Rob Lopez from Def Pen. Rob, how you doing, man? What's going on, Chris? I'm doing good, my man. I'm alright. I'm hanging in there. It's the it's the dog days of August, so not much going on in basketball, but we still got some things. Yeah, we still got some things, but I mean you kinda got a break, right? I mean for the, this is this has gotta be the longest uh work year of your career when it comes to covering the NBA. <laughs> No, oh, I mean, you know, it's crazy because last two years, last year was nuts because of all the money and the free agency signings and stuff like that. Um, 2015 was all right, but then 2014 was like Melo and LeBron, and they were doing, you know, their contracts were up, and 2014 was kind of low-key nuts. Um, I would say 2015 was probably the last time I really got a nice long break, but this year it's kind (laughs) of... It was coming in waves, you know what I mean? We right. had a couple, you know, the start was cool, and then we kind of faded out, and then a couple more guys got signed, traded, faded out, and now we have all these, which we'll get into, these big-name stars trying to get out of town. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, you you gave me the perfect lead, so let's jump right into it. The biggest topic. Um, toss me the alley-oop. <laughs> yep, toss me the alley-oop, and let's jump into it. Kyrie's trade request now. I haven't covered it. This is the first time I've done a podcast since Kyrie's demanded trade. I know it's a little late. Uh, you know, some things in s- summer schedule, being busy. Anyways, anyways, you guys don't care about my life. Um, Kyrie's <laughs> trade request. Uh, first off, how shocking was it to you? And um, and then we'll kind of... So give me your initial reaction to it, and then we'll kind of jump into where it's at and where it's going and all these these other parts of it. Well, shocking, I mean... Initially, whenever you hear a star or a big-name guy kind of come out and say, hey, I want to be traded, or in the case of somebody like Paul George, hey, I'm going to the Lakers next year, or um, Jimmy Butler kind of saying some weird stuff throughout some some past couple months, it is shocking and it's news, it's relevant, but if you read the tea leaves going back a couple years, he's kind of been hinting to it. But, I mean, of course, initially you're shocked when you see Brian Windhorst say, you know, hey, Kyrie's requested a trade. That's crazy. That's nuts. Um, you know, regardless of how you feel about his rankings amongst the point guards in the NBA or, or his defense or um, how efficient he is, you know, all these stats and stuff that people would like to do all year round. 
which is great. Don't get me wrong, but you know, right. irregardless of all that stuff, he's still a superstar. Kyrie Irving's a superstar. He's a bona fide superstar in the NBA. Um, his social media is crazy. He has his own shoe line. I think the qualification to be a superstar in the NBA is if you have your own shoe with a major company. Right. Um, not a not a player exclusive. Not a deal with Anta. If you have a major deal with Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, you're a and you have your own shoe. Not a you know. I wear somebody else's shoe or I have my PE. Right. He has his own shoe. He's a superstar. He's a bona fide superstar. There's no doubt about that. So that's crazy. And then the second craziest thing was the team list that he reportedly leaked out, according to Chris Haynes, uh, the Knicks, the Wolves, um, the Heat, and the Spurs were the four teams. And then a lingering fifth was the Suns by multiple reports. That list to me is nuts. One, because low-key, I'm a Knicks fan. Well, high-key, low-key, I'm a Knicks fan. So I think <laughs> um, The dream died, though, with Ramon Sessions. And um, the list is interesting. I mean, looking at the list, the Spurs, you know, they've been kind of quiet all year. And they're a team that just is – they have some – valuable semi-valuable trade assets danny green lamarcus aldridge um some younger guys whether that be Dejounte murray Derek white who they just drafted even davis bertans the latvian big man a la Kristaps. Um, <laughs> they have some interesting guys uh the timberwolves of course they just got jeff teague so they're probably not going to do anything but if december 15th rolls around and Kyrie's still in the Cavs, you know that's when teague can be traded um like I said, the Knicks dream died, but the Heat—that's another team. I, I just don't get. I don't think Cleveland's going to do a deal with Miami for a superstar. I mean, the last time that happened, it didn't go too well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was shocked. Just this, it's always shocking when you see that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You see like a rumor from a legit source, because you know, right now it's it's that time of the year now in trade deadline when you fake know, trades <laughs> at at Joe Thomas NBA who writes for joeschmode.com um likes to drop some knowledge and my sources and you know everybody tries to make a name for themselves um, by talking to the ball boy at the clippers facility so you know but when you see it from somebody like windhorst or or woge of course or shams that's that's tangible and that's crazy to me that he actually did that yeah and so um to kind of put in perspective where I was at with it, my initial reaction was, at first, of course, I was shocked for all the reasons you mentioned, so I won't repeat. But then it kind of also, once I read the first article of why, it kind of immediately made sense. Like, Kyrie's always seemed to have the, have a connection with LeBron, and, you know, we don't have to go too much into their relationship, but it, in my personal preference, or not personal preference, but opinion, I believe that, Kyrie Kyrie and LeBron don't hate each other it's just I think Kyrie kind of wants to spread his wings and fly so to speak and so it was one of those things that it floored me when I first happened when I first read it but then but then when I looked at the teams when I read the article on why it it just kind of all clicked right away and so you know it made it a very legitimate and easy to believe rumor Um, you know there's been rumored kind of there's been rumors in the past of Kyrie wanting to spread his wings and everything. So, you know, it doesn't, it didn't, it, it, after that initial shock was over, it, it was something very realistic to me. And so I, I believed it and I bought with it and I, and I ran with it um, right away. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about the team. So the teams you mentioned, um, 
the teams you mentioned, New York, Minnesota, Phoenix, San Antonio, and uh, what was the other one? What's the other one I'm forgetting? Oh, Miami. Yeah, Miami. Yeah. And so um, with those teams, you know, there's different elements. New York is the mecca. Kyrie loves the limelight. Also, he... um, also, you know, he he has ties to New York and everything, so New York yeah, makes a lot Jersey. of sense. Yeah, exactly. He's from Jersey, um, so all the all the, that makes sense. Minnesota, he's got this. You know, I never knew about his friendship with Jimmy Butler, but apparently they're like the best of friends in the entire world. And Kyrie's <laughs> also friends. He Kyrie's friends with a lot of different. You know, yeah. And this is the other part of things that like really kind of bothers me about people and. and about the internet was this is why you know if you go on my twitter feed at Roboto, you won't see much you know of me arguing or debates or anything like that Kyrie can be friends with whoever he wants right you know and everybody was getting upset about Kyrie dancing with Steph Curry at Harrison Barnes's wedding he's best friends with Harrison Barnes they grew up playing together on the AAU team yeah you know they can be best friends they're not you know not allowed to be best friends yeah that's just it's just weird to me how people get really upset about the the strangest things. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Like, um, you know, and and Kyrie and Steph Curry because they face in the finals have to hate each other. You know, it's like, it's like stop it, man. Like, they're humans. Like, can let they them not? Live. Yeah, let can them live. can we can they be humans? Are they allowed to be humans? But, um, yeah, you know, Minnesota again. He's got the tie with Jimmy Butler. Um, Phoenix seems like the most feasible, depending on what they're willing to give up. They seem to have the the most um w- the the biggest war chest of assets that can offer Cavs both win now pieces and recovery pieces if LeBron leaves next year, um so so they make a lot of sense. Um, New York would if they were willing to give up Chris Stotts, but they're not. And good for New York, good for New York to stand their ground on that. Um, and then uh, Minnesota, Minnesota is interesting because of because of Jeff Teague, like you said, it it have to wait until around December fifteenth when um when Jeff Teague can be traded. But um the question there is can they get Kyrie without giving up Wiggins? I don't know about that. So um so so there there's that situation there and then there's also in San Antonio. San Antonio to me seems like the team that has the least amount of pieces that Cleveland would want because I don't know if they want Aldridge um necessarily they would. I think they would. I think they would like to have Danny Green, but, but the, uh, what's this that? This is something I was gonna actually bring up to you now that you brought it up. Was yeah. the idea of a three-team trade? Now I know Phoenix wants Kyrie, and that's you know every team should want Kyrie Irving. Right. That's obvious. But if a three-team trade can mac- can, can come together where it's Kyrie, or where it's Min- well, Minnesota, where it's Phoenix, San Antonio, and the Cavs, that could be something that's tangible for all three sides. Right. In in the sense that one, the the Spurs could get Kyrie. Yeah. The Cavs could get Phoenix's war chest of assets, like you were saying, and the Suns could get Lamarcus Aldridge, somebody that they they courted. Yeah. A couple of years ago, and you know if if as well as some Antonio, of those prospects too. Yeah, 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 of yeah. course. I mean, you could throw right. in whoever you want outside of Josh Jackson. They were talking about Jogon Bender. I think Marquise Chris would be well, I was, a better option to send out. Um, I was talking about too many big guys. 
I was talking about um, what Phoenix could receive. Like they could also receive oh, a yeah. Dejounte Murray if they're if they're shipping out a Bledsoe, so to speak. So yeah, okay, yeah. I, I buy that. That makes sense. Go on. Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, I mean that that that's something that's kind of relatively interesting to me. Um, trying to you know because whenever a scenario like this pops up, I like to take I like to take it for face value and then like kind of step back and look at what's going on. And I think for the Suns, I think if you want that LaMarcus Aldridge somebody you openly courted that you traded Tyson you traded for Tyson Chandler to get him to get Aldridge you have two other guys on the roster right now um who have contracts that end within two years in Tyson and Jared Dudley with Aldridge those are big contracts those are veteran guys older guys um and I think if they could do something where it's Kyrie going to San Antonio Phoenix getting Aldridge and you know whether that's DeJounte Murray or Derek White that rookie that they drafted out of Colorado um to Phoenix and then and then Bledsoe and like a Danny Green goes to Cleveland you know that could be something that's kind of interesting right because you know you probably have to ship out somebody out of you know Cleveland have to trade out one of their cheap guys whether that's like a they renounce the rights to somebody or whatever the case may be. But, you know, that's interesting because then Cleveland would get Bledsoe and Danny Green. Bledsoe is a bona fide, really good defensive wing uh, or a defensive guard. Danny Green's a really good defensive wing. Um, and that's something that Cle- that the Cavs need, especially if they want to match up with a team like the Warriors. Right. So I don't know why that's not something that's – talked about more i understand phoenix wants Kyrie, and that's great but you still have this issue where you have devin booker who's a guard who's gonna want to have a lot of the shots and i think if you have a guy like aldridge who can play that low if you can have an inside out type deal where it's aldridge in the post booker on the on the outside and then josh jackson kind of marinating on the wings a little bit you know catching lobs throwing down oops whatever the case is that's something that can be very good for i think the team altogether and i don't get why that's not something that people are considering when it comes to this deal yeah once again insider rob lopez breaking down not, some an, good... <laughs> not an insider if anybody wants to listen to this do not aggregate that it's just a thought. it's just an idea you know what i mean no like, it why is not, why not do that because that's it, it, I think the deal mostly is going to have to be Phoenix swallowing their pride, so to speak. You know yeah. I mean? Phoenix is going to have to say, all right, we're not getting him, and he probably doesn't even want to be here. Let's let's make the most out of this. Let's tie in the team that actually wants him and make it happen, you know? Right. And I think that's, and I think that's something that they could do. And it, like I said, it's up to them. It's up to Phoenix, I think, because Phoenix could be the team that sends out Bledsoe, Chris, whoever, to the Cavs, and then – and then Cleveland also gets like a Danny Green from the Spurs. You know, that's the deal I think you could do. And and Dejounte Murray's a player who's long enough. His his wingspan is really is pretty long for a point guard. That I think he could play like a two guard alongside Kyrie. You know, down the line, of course, when when Manu and, and Tony you know hang it up. Um, he's a guy who could play you know that two guard spot. And they also have somebody in Rudy Gay. You know, you can bump him down to the four play alongside Powell might not be the best defensive front line, but you have Kawhi Leonard there. Um, and, and now if, you know, some guys moved out, who knows what else you could do? I don't know. That's just something that I was thinking about. I, I like that kind yeah. of deal for all three teams. 
Yeah, I agree. I Especially think that... the Cavs. You, you can't go into the season with Kyrie. That's just you can't do that. Okay, and if you so... do, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a circus. Yeah, so you're you're of the mindset that they gotta trade him. Yeah, I think it's gonna happen. I don't think yeah. it's not. I, I think all the all the signs are pointing towards the trade. You know, twenty teams inquired about Kyrie. Yeah. And and it's and they're and twenty teams know that they have a shot at doing something with assets involved to get him. And I think realistically, there are those five teams. You know, I'm throwing New. York, they I think they showed their hand and kind of gave up and said, all right. We're not going to trade it. This deal's not going anywhere. Let's sign our veteran point guard in Ramon Sessions. Have him be a backup and, learn, and teach Frank. That's fine. They already knew they're out. The Wolves aren't going to trade Wiggins. It's obvious. The owner said we're signing Wiggins to a max deal. Wiggins isn't in the in a deal. Teague's going to be the one that get kind of gets the chips moving a little bit, but I don't even think he's enough with like Gorgie Jang. Um, maybe a, a, a Justin Patton, maybe that's something. I don't. I don't think that's moving the ball enough. Yeah. You know, for Cleveland, I don't think that's going to be good enough. San Antonio's there. Phoenix is there. Miami, I don't think they're going to have enough assets. So what are you going to do? You have, you signed Deion Wade to a huge contract. The Cavs aren't going to want to take Deion back. The Cavs aren't going to want Kelly Olynyk. The Cavs aren't going to want. Um, James, maybe they want James Johnson, but I really doubt Miami would trade them after all the things they said about him. Right, Justice Winslow, maybe I don't know. He's he's been kind of uh, wishy washy and has some injury history already. So it's kind of it, I think it's right now for the Cavs. It's kind of Phoenix or bust, and it's all dependent on the Cavs and and, and saying, all right, do we just want Eric Bledsoe, Marquise Chris, or Dragon Bender and a first round pick? You know, they're not giving up Booker. They're not giving up Josh Jackson. Or do we want to try to involve the Suns, uh, the Spurs here, and say, hey, we won't give you Kyrie, but we'll make it so you get LaMarcus Aldridge and another young, nice point guard in Derek White or DeJounte Murray. And, you know, and the Cavs get Danny Green out of the deal. Maybe the Suns get a pick, too. Maybe the Suns get the Spurs first round pick. Spurs never trade picks, so that would be crazy. But, you know, maybe something like that comes out of it and then and then the spurs will have some a little wiggle room to sign some of these uh lingering guys who are you know still free agents maybe not the restricted guys but some of the lingering guys to to ink them a tony allen you know send tony allen to the spurs be the starting two guard how crazy right. would that be next to Kyrie? you know right. what i mean yeah Kyrie, tony allen look Kawhi. that's a nice you know backcourt front line you know, there's a couple there's a couple vets out there they could sign the Spurs, especially. I mean, it's the Spurs lore. I just think the Spurs always are like that team that's just so quiet and it's scary quiet. That's always lurking, right? It's the scary quiet. It's that one kid in class who's really really quiet all the time. But if you mess with him, he's gonna kick your butt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's really weird. The Spurs are, are are interesting to me always. Yeah, and so I think you bring up a very realistic um, trade scenario, and so I, it sounds like. That's where you're leaning is the Phoenix-San Antonio route seems to be the most realistic. But if you have to just play, you know, armchair psychiatrist, where do you think that ultimately, where, where do you think is that one place that Kyrie wants to go the most? Do you think it's San Antonio or Phoenix, or do you think it's New York, or do you think it's, you know, or it's, uh, I don't know, um, you know, Minnesota, Milwaukee, I don't know, anywhere, anywhere in the league. Where do you think it is that Kyrie ultimately wants to end up? Because it is a two-year deal. You're trading for him not um not really knowing he he doesn't seem like he's going to commit right away to whatever team trades for him so um where do you think Kyrie's mindset at and where his destination his dream destination is 
Well, I mean, Kyrie, I think he would be, <clears throat> if he was, if he had a choice similar to what Carmelo does, um, I think he'd like to go to New York. I think yeah. his dad, that his makes dad, sense. His dad, Dredrick, still lives in Jersey, East, West Orange, which is, you know, under an hour away from MSG, New York. His family's all from out there. He has the Jersey connection. Um, and he'd be a star. He'd be he'd go to New York. He's already a star. He'd go to New York and elevate his stardom to another level. Yeah. Um, but New York doesn't have what it takes. Are they going to trade Frank Nilakina? I doubt it. Uh, they should though. That'd be kind of smart. I'd like Frank Nilakina with a nice little Cavs pick and roll game there with you know Kevin Love and and Tristan Thompson. That'd be interesting. But um, they don't have what they what it takes. You know they're not giving up Kristaps, which obviously they wouldn't. And with the new management. I just think Kyrie would love to play for New York, but then there's the, also the flip side of the basketball. Yeah. And I think Kyrie would be most, he'd find basketball happiness, I think, playing alongside either the Spurs or the Wolves. Yeah. Um, primarily, I think the Wolves, because he has more buddies, I guess, more friends there. Um, so even if they do maybe second round elimination, conference finals, maybe if they get that far, I think he'd still be content with that being the main guy with the ball handling control because look he goes to the wolves or the knicks or the spurs even he's he's ball handler option a there's no doubt about that yeah and 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 like you were saying earlier that's the problem with the Cavs is that he's ball handler option a2 and lebron's ball handler option a1 and i think a guy like Kyrie, who's dynamic with the ball who who attracts the defense and who can create with the ball in his hands, whether that's driving to the rim um, or hitting other guys, even though, you know, people don't think he's an assist guy. He is, he has some games where he can dish out the ball. If the guys are open, he's a guy who needs the ball in his hands, dominate the ball in his hands. And with the world, with the wolves, you need to feed it to towns, even though towns could create off the dribble a little bit. You need to feed it to towns. Jimmy Butler can create a little bit with the ball in his hands, but not a lot. And then you, right. who else are you looking at on that team who can create? I mean, there's not a lot of options. Tyus Jones, I mean, maybe, but if <laughs> right. Kyrie, Kyrie's there, Jeff Teague's out. So I think that's that'd be great. And then the Spurs too. Kyrie can create and be that option A. And Kawhi, I think, is a player who's content with, you know, yeah. if he if he gets his own shots, he gets his own shots. If he plays defense, he plays defense. He's a he's a Spurs guy. He'll buy into the team aspect of everything. So, right. you know, I think it's something that um, I think. Personally, Kyrie would love to go to the Knicks. I think he'd, like I said, you know, he'd love to be closer to his family and his dad and stuff. I mean, they just, he just renovated his dad's house in West Orange, New Jersey during the season. Just renovated it, fully renovated. So he's not moving anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that would be awesome for him. Come to New York. Be, he's, he's, a, he's a New York guy. You know what I mean? It's really, yeah. it's really hard to get a guy who's a New York guy. You know, Carmelo has some ties to Brooklyn, but he was born in Baltimore. And, you know, there's he's he was just saying this week that he's he's the Baltimore's home, Baltimore's home. So he, we're not claiming him anymore. Uh, <laughs> we can claim Kyrie, though, Jersey guy right next to the border. So, I mean, that would be good for him to come and be the star. It's rare, it's rare to have a guy yeah. in New York, especially to have that homegrown, you know, star. And oh, yeah. Kyrie could be that. But I think basketball happiness, San Antonio, Timberwolves should be the best options. With I think I put San Antonio a little bit ahead just because right now they can make a trade. 
Minnesota would have to wait until December, of course, to make some deals. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I think I think that New York is the prime ideal place for everything Kyrie embodies and and looks for. But as far as yeah, basketball happiness, you know, because we all know the Knicks situations. You know, we never know if it's going to be stable. You know, and and I think and, now it will be, but still, the roster isn't to to where Kyrie's right. going to be happy about being possibly a 7-8 seed and getting eliminated by LeBron, possibly. And it's still fair to be pessimistic on stability in New York. Of you course, know? they haven't proven so, that. Right, so, um, so yeah, so uh, Minnesota, Phoenix, um, San Antonio all seem like more basketball logical uh, situations. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see him, and um, we'll see and, where he goes. And the thing is, is that we can say all we want about what Kyrie wants. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's about what Cleveland wants. Right. And at the end of the day, true. Cleveland's going to do whatever is best for the organization and the franchise. Well, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll consider Kyrie's list and stuff. But, you know, if a team comes in and says, hey, we want to offer you all of our assets, all of our picks, and some veterans, what are they going to say? No. Yeah. I mean, come on. Exactly. Let's be realistic here. Exactly. Um, so, well, well, speaking of New York, let's jump into it. Melo, uh, there's a little bit of an update. He's talking to the new Knicks GM. Uh, I haven't really gotten a sense of what the conversation is, so I know you're close to New York. You cover New York. Um, so, so you got maybe a better perspective on this than I do, so I'll, I'll kind of let you take the lead on this. But um, what does this mean on the Melo situation? Does this, does this mean is he trying to mend the bridge or trying to um, still just – or are they talking about trades? Like what? what is the conversation – what's the dialogue right now between Melo and the new Knicks GM, who I'm currently bro- blanking his name right now? His name's Scott Perry. <laughs> yep, Scott Perry. He's okay, a, I thought he was with Kings, Sacramento, yeah, my bad. he was a former – well, the Scott Perry story is interesting because he was recently brought in by the Kings. Um, right. I think I think just a couple months ago, I believe um, he was brought in by the Kings to be kind of the, I guess like the back. Uh, he was the vice president of basketball operations under Vladi Divac. Right. Um, he was just hired April twenty first by them, and wow. yeah, so he's he, before that he was you know with the with the um, the Pistons, and then he went yeah. to the Sonics Thunder transition there and then 2012 he was with the magic and then um this year he got hired by the kings but i mean in his time there with the teams i mean he oversaw the um the, the early pistons dynasty in the early 2000s when they had all those great teams yeah you know they went to the conference six straight conference finals um nba title of course uh and then he was the supersonics assistant gm that drafted kevin durant to okc to seattle um then he went back to detroit then he went to orlando uh as vice president under rob hennigan and you know he drafted oladipo aaron gordon and alfred payton and all those type of guys and then the kings he was there during this recent kings rebuild you know he's the guy that was helping vladi say okay we need to move on from these guys this was after the boogie trade of course and he was there helping you know bring in these different guys whether that's uh Drafting De'Aaron Fox, not trading five and ten, um, you know, getting some valuable potential guys and Harry Giles, signing these guys like George Hill, um, players like that to bring them into the new Kings era. And now he's, you know, going on to the Knicks as their general manager. Um, 
I think it's a good move for them. But I think when it comes to Carmelo Anthony, you know, Carmelo is – here's the thing about Carmelo. He's – he doesn't want to talk much about what's going on because he is the type of guy – and he's a smart player. He's the type of guy who knows, hey, it's out of my control. He, he's going to say this. It's out of my control. It's out of my control. I don't know what's going on. It's out of my control. But let's go behind the scenes. He's not going to – he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's saying right. it's out of his control, but he knows what he's doing on the opposite end. Because I think what he's trying to do is trying to get that attention off of him. Hey, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. But if it wasn't him, then he'd let his trade clause go and he'd probably be traded to the Blazers already. You know, um, he'd probably go wherever, you know, okay, cool. I, I you know, trade me wherever you had to trade me. He knows what he's doing, and I think the conversations with Scott Perry is more of a courtesy thing. Guy just got hired. I think Perry's been trying to reach out to him for a little bit and try to connect with him, and I think now Melo's like, all right, I'll talk to you a little bit. He was just recently, like I said, he was just recently in Baltimore for the basketball tournament final. He was just in New York yesterday at Dykeman, at the, at the legendary Dykeman basketball courts, watching some uh, pro-am games. Um, you know, some, they're, they're summer league games. He's he's around the area. He's been in New York. He's been around the city. You know, and as these trade talks kind of slow down and we're getting to the point in August where it's like, all right, well, nothing's happening. We can all relax. A lot of the GMs and the, and the, and the presidents of basketball operations, they're going on vacation. And, you know, it's, it's – Melo's just doing a courtesy, I think, talking to him. And I think this trade, I think this, much like the Kyrie trade, this has to happen before the season begins. You can't go into the season with drama. You can't start a new season with drama. The Brooklyn Nets did it for two, three years in a row with Darren Williams being a a, a headache. You know, now all these stories are coming out about Darren Williams getting into arguments with Joe Johnson and Jerry Stackhouse not liking D-Will and how he operated with during the Nets. And, and a lot of guys didn't like him. And, <clears throat> and it's like... They went into three straight seasons with this, and they had right. a bunch. <clears throat> they had players that were talented, talented beyond belief. Most of the, some of the times, especially D. Well, who's considered, you know, him and Chris Paul is the best point guard in the league for a couple of years. And you can't go into a season with drama. You need to wash your hands clean, especially the Knicks, a team who is, you know, looking at a guy like Kristaps as the guy. He's our guy now. He's our star. We need to build around him. And Kristaps can say all he wants, that he wants Carmelo to stay, and that's fine because they are really close. But, you know, they need to – They need to. Uh, he also needs to see the writing on the wall and say, all right, this is my team. And whether he's ready for that or not is going to be seen this season, but this is year three for Kristaps. And this is going to be something that the Knicks want to do to kind of facilitate that new era for Kristaps. And I think if if Melo's talking to to Scott Perry about anything, it's going to be about him opening up his trade no trade clause. And then Melo's not going to do that. He wants to go to Houston. Yeah. Houston yeah. And only wants to give up Ryan Anderson. And Ryan Anderson accept that. No way. Right. And so. Um... With that being said, as far as far as Melo's destination, you're saying that he's preferring to be, he's still preferring to be traded. This is just kind of a um, 
a kind of it's how do you say it? Call. It's, it's, yeah, it's courtesy a, call. It's a, hey, congratulations on the gig. You know, welcome to New York. I don't right. think Bellows are Bellows not a mean or rude guy beyond you know what what people like to uh, paint him as. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not he's he's a nice dude. He's a nice guy. I've, I've talked to him a couple times off you know off the record or whatever. He's a nice guy, and you know he's. He's just saying, "Hey, you know, blah blah blah," and then I'm sure I'm sure the conversation leaned towards Perry asking him, you know, his destinations, and it's going to be Houston the whole time. It's not going to be Cleveland, especially now that Kyrie wants out. So right, yeah, and so um, so with that being said, so you're still feeling like uh, like Mel will be traded before the season, or you think it's going to be a buyout? Like to me, it's always made sense for Mel to push for a buyout, and I think it. It, does it not benefit the Knicks, or, or I mean, because the Knicks seem to be getting nothing in return for value for Carmelo, so why don't they? Why don't the sides engage in a buyout talk? Because a buyout's going to be weird with Melo's money. <clears throat> um, he's making. Let's see how much he's making. He's making a lot of money over the next couple of years, over the next two years, and if there's a buyout, it's probably going to be a wave and stretch, a stretch provision buyout type deal. Yeah. And he's making twenty six million over you know the next two seasons, but he also has a, th- a third year team option if I'm right about that. So it's gonna his his total contract's like worth like fifty some million dollars. Yeah, which is, uh, which is not ideal to stretch. No, because if you're gonna be paying ten ten million over the next, um, over the next seven years. Yeah, so he's making twenty seven, twenty six, twenty four. So that's. What is that? That's about seventy-seven million dollars there. That seventy-five million. Um, if you wave, even if you wave and stretch seven years, that's ten million dollars a year in dead money you have to pay. That's absurd. They're not going to do that. There's no way yeah. they'll do that. Um, even unless Melo said, "Hey, split it in half." Okay. Right. That's something, but I don't think Melo's going to want to split it in half, especially yeah. knowing that this is probably his last contract. You know, whether it be this year or next summer, these are going to be his last contract. He's 33 years old. This is going to be his last contract with the NBA. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not going to wave. The Knicks aren't going to do that. Yeah, and so Melo is also with – also when it comes to Melo, the thing that uh, he's notoriously always picked the money, you know. And so, you know, it, it makes sense that he doesn't want to buy – it makes so much sense from a basketball standpoint, like just from a pure basketball standpoint to try and – you know, just cut the ties. But yeah, New York, that's too big of a contract to stretch. Um, it's huge. So, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be, that'd be a forever payment. That'd be a, what it, it would be a four or it'd be a six year payment. If it, if it includes the option or how did the, how does the option work on a stretch? provision? Usually, usually the option works in the stretch provision that it's included. Um, yeah. Like you just saw Jamal Crawford when, when he got bought out by the, uh, by the Hawks that last year, or even Monte Ellis with the, with the Pacers, Usually, what happens is that um, that option is included as if it's a full year. Um, if it's a player, op- I believe it's a, if it's a player option, I believe it's included. Um, but yeah, I mean that that player option is definitely going to be included because it's a, it's I think it's an ETO actually. It's an early termination, so that's technically a player option. Right, right. So, um, all right. So, so again, we'll we'll move on from L. We'll see where it goes. Um, you're good. Give me real quickly before we uh, transition on to the final topic. Uh, do you think 
Mel gets traded to Houston before the season or what? Because, I mean, New York is very, like, grounded on not taking Ryan Anderson back, and rightfully so. But um, but you don't see – you so you don't see New York budging or Houston budging? Or what do you, what do you think is going to happen with this? How is this going to play out in the end? I think eventually they're going to tie in a third team and that uh, that Allen Crabb trade was relatively interesting. Yeah because I think Portland could find a way to be that third team or even the fourth team to make a deal work. I think right now a lot of the teams are kind of just going through the motions of, all right, let's work on getting a deal done. It's really hard to get a four-team. It's it's hard to get a two-team deal done. It's pretty hard to get a three-team. Four-team deal is extremely tough. (laughs) Right. So to get a four-team deal done, it's really hard. It's happened before, but it took a lot of moving parts. And, uh, I think Melo eventually ends up in Houston before the season starts. Hopefully, like I right. said, going into the season with a guy disgruntled isn't great. Yeah, I agree. So um, let's move on to the last topic of this podcast. Uh, Doc Rivers stepping down as GM of the Clippers. Uh, first, my initial reaction was maybe too little, too late. I, I know, I know, you know, you can argue otherwise, but. Um, you know, had he done this, you know, a year or two in advance, maybe the Clippers could have kept Chris Paul. Maybe they could have made better moves. Um, you know, Doc's often been criticized for his role as GM uh, with the Clippers. So, what do you what do you think of the move? Do you think it was? Um, do you think the damage has kind of already been done? Do you think it's 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 good that Doc's stepping down? It shows that you know they're kind of turning the page on a on a post Chris Paul era. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on this? I think they recovered well um, following Chris Paul's departure. You know, it's rare you see a team lose an all-star caliber um, player or or a continuous all-star like Chris Paul and bounce back. Um, They bounce back pretty damn well. And, you know, they got back a guy in Patrick Beverly who's going to start probably a guard for them alongside Milos Teodosic, who's a phenomenal passer. And I think um, they'll make up for each other's their their lack of flaws yeah their flaws basically where where teodosic isn't a great defender patrick beverly isn't great a great creator so they'll equal each other out i think that's pretty damn good for what was out there on the point guard market especially um and you know they they signed a lot of good guys they got a bunch of good pieces uh we'll see what happens with willie reed he just got into some legal trouble but you know he's a pretty good reserve big man um they they got Sam Decker, who's still a nice little project type wingman. They got Montrez right. Harrell, who's a nice another project nice big. project big, but he's really coming along the last two years. Yeah. Um. But I think how much of that was Doc and how much of that was Lawrence Frank, and I think that's where the decision was made that Lawrence Frank was going to be the guy kind of leading the ship. I mean, they got Gallinari too. Gallinari's a good a third option or a second right. option even behind Blake. Um, so I think that the the move was a long time coming, personally. I think it was a long time coming for them to, to move on from, from Doc. Um, you know, Doc's, Doc's tenure as Clippers GM or, or – um, president of basketball operations, whatever his official role was exactly, um, didn't go well. I mean, it's obvious. You saw what's happened the last few, last few years. And I think when they brought in Lawrence Frank, who was a former head coach with the Nets, um, 
during the 2000s and and i think the pistons as well um an assistant with doc the last couple of years before last year moving into the front office i think it was a nice transition for him to get acclimated spend that year acclimating into the front office and then now he has the full control takeover of the front office and i think they also see the writing on the wall in the sense that deandre jordan's contract is coming up soon it's hard to right. believe right like after we went through that summer of 2015 or whatever it was when he was going nuts um i think it's 2015 or 2016 one of the two um, it was yeah, I believe 2015. Yeah, I yeah. think it was 2015, yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, next summer they could have four important guys be free agents. Um, DeAndre, Austin Rivers, Teodosic, and Wes Johnson, those are four guys who are um, important to the Clippers' rotation. Yeah, so uh, the Clippers, Doc Rivers, um, it's, it's interesting to see where his contract ends at the end of 2019 there. Um his contract ends at the end of 2019 as the head coach. And I think if you look at their roster breakdown with the, with the, the salaries that could, and um, like I was saying before, Tease Dosich and Wesley Johnson, uh, they all have options. They can, you know, be free agents next year or stay on through 2019 and be unrestricted free agents. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future. You know, those, yeah. those four guys could leave and opt out. Uh, including Lou Williams, who's an unrestricted free agent. So that's five important guys in the rotation. They could just all opt out and leave. Or they could stay yeah. through 2019, and then it'd be DJ, Austin, Teodosic, Johnson, Decker could be a restricted free agent. Patrick Beverly could be an unrestricted free agent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. And I think Lawrence Frank is going to have his chance to prove himself. And I think yeah. it's good for the Clippers to kind of move forward and move on from this Doc Rivers kind of era. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, you know this is a good te- a good test for Lawrence Frank. I think it's a uh, you know it it kind of is. I can see why people are saying it's too little, too late for Doc Rivers. But you know, it's never too late because you know, okay, Chris Paul moved on, but that doesn't mean the Clippers organization is dead. They still have an organization to run, so um, so they still got they still got a future to build, and you know they're trying to build this new core around around Blake and DeAndre, and you know we'll see. We'll see where it goes, and uh, they got a lot of rotation pieces, and DeAndre Jordan as well being an upcoming free agent. That's their next big move. Now it's DeAndre Jordan's on the clock, so we'll see. We'll see what the Clippers do and how they handle that. But um, is your does your gut feeling say that Doc Rivers is going to? Uh, because I know Doc Rivers has been constantly under the under the um, hot seat for the last like year and a half, maybe two. Um, do you think that? he gets fired now or do you think he rides out this contract it seems like now it's changed now that the standards have kind of changed with chris paul moving on it seems like now doc rivers is kind of off of the hot seat and going to be able to play out his contract yeah i think this is this is a move that allows them to uh play out the contract i think he's gonna be uh he's gonna be allowed to finish out it's only this year and next year it's two years left and doc rivers is I think Doc Rivers as a coach is overrated. That's just my personal opinion. But I think you know, I agree. he still has some uh, clout in the league, I guess you could say. He'll get another job after he's done with the Clippers, too. Right. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens after that. Um, it's gonna also going to be interesting to see where the players go. Because if the Clippers want to do like a kind of a rebuild... After next season, say DeAndre does decide to go, or maybe he tells the six, or maybe he tells the uh, 
Clippers that he wants to get traded during this year so he doesn't opt out. Um, you know, maybe Doc says, all right, screw it, I'm out, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore, you know? Right. But we'll see. But I think he'll get a chance to definitely, definitely, definitely um, play out the rest of his contract as a team. All right. Well, there you have it. Rob Lopez of Def Pen. Uh, go ahead and plug yourself because you do a better job plugging yourself than I do. So um, let the fans know where they can find you. <laughs> yeah, I hope I do a good job plugging myself. Yeah, so you can follow <laughs> me at Roboto, at R0BATO on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all the good stuff. Um, and you could also follow Def Pen Hoops and Def Pen Sports on all major social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all that good stuff. So make sure you uh, come out, support, show you love. Yeah, show your love because they produce good content. Rob produces good content. You know, I try and keep up with them. I have some connects at Def Pen. You know, you, Aaron, obviously. Um, so you guys, you guys do great work. Keep up the great work, man. And um, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll have you on. I'm sure I'll have you on again soon. You got any plans for a vacation now that we're kind of in the dead of off season? Plans for a vacation? No, man. Right now it's, it's <laughs> August, and and everybody else is going on vacation, and I'm I'm working. So. That's... <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, man. Me neither. I got I got no vacation. I'm going back to school in about three to four weeks now. So. Oh man, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah. yeah so now the countdown begins for me. Now school's on the clock. All right, Rob. Um, thank you for coming out once again. Uh, this is Chris Platty, Strictly Hoop Talk. You can find all my content on my Twitter. That's at Real Chris Platty. That's C H R I S P L A T T E. And if you don't know how to spell real, don't follow. Um, you can find all. You can find a link to my. You can find a link to my iTunes and Podbean. Uh, I have every single podcast on both platforms. So whichever uh, whichever way you prefer to consume my podcast, um, go on and uh, support those support those pages and check them out. Um, and then also chrisplay.com along with uh, video and audio podcasts are being launched on every platform very soon. I'm trying to get that up before school goes. Just trying to make sure everything's right. The design of the website, everything. Um, so that's all coming. I'll update you guys when I can. So stay tuned for that. And, um, if you're a fan of hip hop, go check out my hip hop page. Um, strictly hip hop. It's, it's on the same, it's on the same feed as my, uh, hoop talk podcast. So, you know, you got both there. So check those out if you're a fan of hip hop, cause, um, I've had some, I've had some really good content on there recently and I got, and I got more, uh, special content coming very soon. So stay tuned for that. And thank you everybody for listening. And once again, thank you, Rob, for coming on the show. Appreciate it, man. No doubt, man. Thank you.